Welcome back to another edition of On the Board Sports. I'm your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C. And I'm joined here by my main man, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T. Sean, how you doing, bud? Well, I am doing good. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, great. Can't complain. As always, we're recording our show from Gotham Podcast Studios with our wonderful producer, Miles. Miles is doing awesome, as always. He's smiling. He's laughing. Having such a great time. And we have two very special guests with us. We're going to be talking the NBA. But the very first guest that I want to talk to, uh, introduce right now is John Kramer. John, how you doing, bud? I'm good, Will. Thank you for having me. The poker pro, the one and only poker pro, John Kramer, who's going to be going into the World Series of Poker. And we have another very special guest with us. Joining us, he covers the NBA. He's an absolute blast to have in person and even on the phone is the one and only Brandon Scoopy Robinson of the Scoopy Radio Show. Brandon, how you doing, bud? Man, I'm good. Will and Sean. Sean and Will and John is a special guest. That has a special ring to it. Absolutely, it does. And it definitely does, man. <laughs> everything is happening for a reason right now. Brandon, there's a lot going on right now in the NBA. The New Orleans Pelicans land the first pick in the NBA draft. A lot of people were talking about how, you know, the Pelicans now, they're going to trade out with Anthony Davis. What was your reaction when you saw the Pelicans get the number one overall pick? To be honest with you, um, I thought it was pretty cool that the New Orleans Pelicans got it, and I think that it sent a message. The NBA sent a message that, um, you know, it's not going to be business as usual. You can't just tank and think that, you know, that that, that's going to be the case. Many people just assumed that the New York Knicks uh, were going to have the first pick in the 2019 NBA draft. But they did get the third pick with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, picking at fourth, and you know what? What I think is, is, is great about this situation is I think you know it's an underdog story for the Pelicans, the team who starring Anthony Davis who won it out. Um, they get David Griffin as the executive vice or executive president of, of, of the organization after you know Del Demps was let go, and you know Danny Ferry was, was no longer the interim. But you know, really and truly, uh, the Pelicans are in a unique position. You know, you can get Ryan Williamson, but at the same time. You can trade Anthony Davis. I, listen, man, that's like having the prom queen and, and Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell as the two, two women you can pick from. It's a good situation to be in. Yeah, man. And you talk about the Knicks landing that number three overall pick in the draft, and you you said the best. They had the best shots of winning, the best odds of winning that number one overall pick in the lottery. But many Knicks fans are very upset and pissed off about it. But in your eyes, Brandon, what do you see coming out of this for the Knicks? I mean, it, it signals that if the Knicks do get R.J. Barrett, uh, he could potentially be the rookie of the year uh, this season. Um, R.J. Barrett is, comes in well-groomed. Uh, the godson of uh, NBA, former NBA Hall of Famer Steve Nash, uh, played for you know the Canadian uh, Canadian team since he's been 15. He's already a professional. Um, and I think that more than anything, um, the Knicks fans are always going to be upset because, you know, it's been so long. They haven't had success in a very long time. I understand their frustration, but they're still packing order and a protocol, and things uh, did not happen the way they wanted to happen with the first overall pick. But to be honest with you, I think even if the Knicks did get the first overall pick in the draft, that doesn't necessarily mean that Zion was going to be the best fit for the Knicks. That would be the best attraction in New York City. But as far as, you know, Zion Williamson, you know, coming in and producing for a Knicks team, maybe that was his, his – his goal, but I think New Orleans is more of a low-key spot that will, will benefit him in the long term, not just the New York attraction that it is. Scoop, um, one of the surprises uh, the other night was the Los Angeles Lakers uh, getting the fourth pick uh, in the draft. Do you think that they are going to use that pick to bring in a younger guy, or do you think they will try and trade that pick to maybe get a star or trade it for uh, someone else? I mean, really and truly, I, as far as your question about the Los Angeles Lakers getting the fourth overall pick, number one, Kyle Kuzma, that purple suit definitely was their good luck charm. Uh, <laughs> but the irony of it all is, you know, Kyle Kuzma could be out, you know, at, at, at some point. Um, league sources have shared with me that, you know, going back into like March, uh, that the Lakers would revisit a potential trade for Anthony Davis. Um, you know, obviously, the Lakers wanted everything, or rather the Pelicans wanted everything but the kitchen sink for Anthony Davis. I mean, he wanted um, 
Kyle Kuzma, you wanted Rajon Rondo, you wanted uh, Brandon Ingram's contract, or excuse me, not Brandon Ingram's contract, and Tavis Caldwell Pope's contract, as well as Brandon Ingram um, and, and Josh Hart and a myriad of other people, as well as Ezekiel Zubak and like second round picks going all the way to 2021. And this was under the Del Dems era. And now that the Lakers have the fourth pick, uh, that is an attractive offer. Uh, that the Pelicans are looking at, particularly because you believe that they have been trading deadline, but the Los Angeles Lakers had the best shot with the Boston Celtics uh, at the at the season having a chance to make more of a splash. But the crazy thing about it is that pick that the that the Boston Celtics have, you have the new excuse me the Brooklyn Nets, you play in New York City, um, they they're getting the 14th pick, and if I'm not mistaken, it's a 23rd pick as well. That's not as attractive. And so the Lakers have the chance to go back to John Board, but the New York Knicks is still a team to have to pay attention to. Uh, as I reported on January 31st, uh, the Knicks did approach the New Orleans Pelicans about a, a trade centered around uh, Kevin Knapp, um, as well as Mitchell Robinson, um, and as well as uh, Alonzo Trier as well. Um, and there was a chance that Frankie Milakina would be involved as well. And I think it would be a 2019 and a 2021 pick. And uh, SNY's Ian Bagley, as well as... Uh, Shams Sharani of the Athletic reported that that's what the Knicks are looking to do now. So you're seeing both the Knicks and the Lakers revisit offers that were discussed uh, before the NBA trade deadline, and and, and the Pelicans have been put the litter of exactly what they want to do. So good position for the Pelicans, as I said. Kelly Capacity or the Prime Queen? Take your pick. <laughs> Scoop, um, so I was watching it live, and when they got the first pick, Zion's face went from a big, happy smile to almost like a rare frown type of look. And he doesn't have a, an agent, and he hasn't signed a, a shoe deal. So he's obviously not going to go back back to school. But I've been hearing people say that if he does not want to go there, he should voice that now. Are you a fan of these young guys trying to pick and choose where they want to go, or do you think that whether he says he wants to go there or not, they should make him the first thing? America is a free country, and uh, he followed all the rules, and there's no problem in that. I mean, to me, that's no different than LeBron James starting clutch with, with Rich Paul, and, um, and and in addition to that also, um, you know, starting production companies. I think that players are thinking bigger than just, you know, the man dictating the decisions. Ian Williamson is well in his right to not to hire an agent and to not sign a shoe deal. And I actually think that's going to make the price for him go up. You know, that, that, that shoe, I believe it was a Paul George shoe he wore when Duke played uh, North Carolina and his shoe exploded. Um, you got to drive that price up. I know Li Ning, uh, which is obviously an independent sneaker uh, company, is a is a uh, a sneaker company that is looking to bring in Zion Williamson. Um, and then you look at you know companies like uh, Puma, uh, who are who who actually tweeted something out when the injury happened. So that wouldn't happen in a pair of Pumas. Um, they're really making a drive to make some things happen. Kevin Nash is aware of Pumas, uh, just so you guys know. But um, Zion is in a good position. If people are making all this hype about him, why not? As as Little Wayne eloquently said, uh, go and get your money, little duffel back boy. I ain't never been here. So <laughs> that's the edited version, of course. But you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I think Zion is in a great position, and, and kudos to him. It all started in baseball. I know I talk a lot about basketball, but Kurt Flood was able to create his destiny of where he wanted to go through free agency and more, and LeBron followed suit in 2010 with the decision when he went to Miami. He took his talent. The South Beach. I don't think there's anything wrong with guys. I think at the end of the day, you don't get mad at general managers and presidents when they make day-to-day decisions about players. So why are you mad at the player for making decisions that that's best for both Zion and his family? Oh, um, that Lil Wayne quote was awesome, by the way. I uh, I live by Lil Wayne. He goes, um, "Life is life is a gamble, and I'm all about my poker chips." So, of I, yeah, I just love that, by the way. I just had to put that out there. <laughs> you would. <laughs> of course, coming from the poker pro. Oh. <laughs> he said it. I was like, I got to say it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Brandon, I, I know there's a lot of – this is the first year in which the NBA draft has gone with the top four teams getting that, that best percentage chance of getting the number one overall pick. Now – do you like the way how the NBA has handled the uh, this uh, draft lottery so far in the in its first year of inception, with regards to having the one through four, uh, getting the 
top five. What, what's your what's your take on it? I don't have any complaints. I, I think that um, it's not as uh, presumptuous or predictive. Um, I, I think that, like I stated in a few questions ago, um, many Knicks fans just assumed that it was their birthright, that they were going to get the first overall pick because of their record. Um, <laughs> and in turn, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers had no idea that they would get up there. The thing that, honestly, the thing that surprised me was the Phoenix Suns. I think they're picking six or seven. Um, that surprised me the most, only because I like their story. I like Monty Williams coming in as the head coach. I like Devin Booker uh, as a person as well as a player. Um, and I, and I, and I, I look towards that team that to be something special in the next couple of years. I was disappointed in, you know, what happened with Josh Jackson the other day. He's actually, uh, I'm, I'm close with that family and, uh, hate to see what happened with him at, at, at uh, the concert the other night. Uh, he should have had VIP, but there's, 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 there's a cadence into everything you do. And, uh, perhaps even handle it that way. We'll see what happens. But as far as the Phoenix Suns overall, uh, I would have thought that they would have gone a little bit higher. I like what they're doing in their rebuilding process. And, um, yeah, I think that's the only complaint I really had about the draft lottery, Phoenix Suns and where their seating was. Brandon, you're talking about the whole NBA draft and this being a top five heavy draft with regards to Zion and RJ Barrett and John Morant. Do you see any any players in your mind that could be like a sleeper for for a team in the late first round, second round? Do you see even a European player that might be the next coming of not the next coming, but that might have the next uh, draft potential of uh, of uh, why am I forgetting his name right now? Uh, from the Mavericks, Luca, the, Luca, Luca Doncic. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I, I think I think when I look at take a take a cursory look at open my draft, the person that kind of slumps by the wayside and you see him in different numbers is, is Cam Reddish. I've seen him go all the way down to like eleventh or tenth, and if Cleveland is smart, uh, they get him with the fifth pick. Um, and Cleveland is another team that I was pleased that they weren't number one or number two or three because they've gotten, you know, many of, of, of first picks in the draft. Um, but I, I think, I think Cam Reddish is a guy, um, that I, that I think is going to excel, uh, at the next level. Uh, I think with many people paying attention to RJ Barrett and, and also Zion Williamson, um, you, you forget about him. Um, and also a guy that I think being quiet in his moves and the Brooklyn Nets are projected to get him as bowl ball, sort of uh, minute ball, uh, seven foot two, tall, lanky, plays from the perimeter. Um, I think that he could help a Brooklyn Nets team if he goes, you know, down to, to I think it's either 10th or 17th. I can't remember where the Nets pick, but somewhere in the, in, in the double digits. Um, and I don't know if, if there's anybody that I'm not the biggest draft expert to be very honest with you. Um, I've watched some college basketball games, this season, um, and I know just in speaking with various people like Clark Kellogg and actually the draft expert Rashad Phillips who will be on this week's episode of Scoopy Radio, uh, we talk we talk extensively about um, the ins and outs. So make sure you all subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, or Stitcher Radio. You can also visit ScoopyRadio.com. But um, you look at those guys that are, that are projected to do well. I think also the guy from North Carolina, the freshman. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Rashad Phillips was very, Kobe White. So, yes, yes, yes. So, you know, there, there's, there's, there's just guys. I think that there are a lot of diamonds, diamonds in the rough. Um, I think you saw it a couple of years ago in the, in the, in the, in the draft that, uh, both Donovan Mitchell and, and, and Jason Tatum were in, and I think you know 2019 is going to be a similar type of situation. You're going to see a lot of diamonds in a rough shot in their first year in the NBA. Hey, Brandon Jonathan here. Quick question for you. What's up? Um, so KD said the other day that uh, Zion is a once in a generation type of player. Um, I'm just curious how you feel about him saying that, and why do you think that people are either say Zion's going to be the greatest or RJ Barrett's going to have a better career. You know, what do you think about that is, what do you feel about that? Well, I think players, no players. Um, for Katie to say that, that's, that's the highest praise from the second best overall player in the NBA currently. Um, a a two-time champion, 
and, and, and potentially, you know, getting another ring with the Golden State Warriors this season, depending on how things go in the Western Conference Finals. But, you know, for Kevin Durant to, to give that compliment to Zion, I think that's great. Um, you know, I think Zion is a good player. I think um, he can be as great as uh, anywhere from, you know, people make the LeBron comparison a lot. Um, I see more flashes of Charles Barkley than I do LeBron James, but I also look at anywhere from Blake Griffin to Julius Randle um, as well. And I think that's a compliment for Blake Griffin because Blake Griffin was able to transition his game, um, you know, not just a dunker, but a, but a, but a, a proficient shooter. Uh, similarly to how Vince Carter did it, uh, playing in Toronto and then coming to the, the New Jersey Nets and developing a complete game with Richard Jefferson and Jason Kidd and uh, Lawrence Frank at the helm. But, you know, when you look at Zion Williamson, you know, I think there are other guys that are, are just as talented or not as maybe could be as talented. I think Zion just garners so much attention. Um, I think R.J. Barrett is going to have a, a fulfilled career in the NBA as well. To your question about um, what I think about Kevin Durant saying it, I mean, if you're a Knicks fan, you're looking for that headline because he said it, and it's presumed that, you know, he is joining the New York Knicks a free agency this summer and go with what he said. You know, so I don't think there was a time. I'm sure he was asked a question and he answered it. And of course, you're going to tie in your in New York Knicks headline as, as a writer. I get it. I'm not mad. The Tupac would say, uh, I'm mad at you. Uh, but, you know, Kevin Durant also gets around and he knows what he's going to do this summer. So at, at the end of the day, uh, somebody's going to be happy with the headline and somebody's going to be disappointed with the fact that they may not have gotten the second best player in the NBA. Uh, this is awesome. I couldn't agree more. Scoop, uh, I know you got to go. So uh, my last question for you is Warriors up one zip. The Bucks they won uh, last night. They are up uh, one zip. Who do you see winning these two final uh, series and who do you think will play for in the NBA uh, finals? Well, I, I don't think it's over just because the Warriors are up one zero. Um, I think it's, I think this series could go six or seven games. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the, the Portland Trailblazers were coming off of um, – you know, a very, very, very tough series last round, and um, I think it's, it, I think it's going to be um, against a Denver team that, that that played their butts off this year. It's many people's expectations. Um, I'm on record a myriad of shows. I have said that I think in the Eastern Conference, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, will represent the NBA's Eastern Conference. Their MVP is Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek Freak. If you can say his name twice, I know you're for real. Um, and and I think that in the Western Conference, um, I do think that the Portland Trailblazers have a big chance to beat the Golden State Warriors. Realistically, um, they've got to make some adjustments in game two and, and so on and so on. But, you know, you can't just Blazers off of just one game because if that were the case in round two, the Boston Celtics would have beat the, the Milwaukee Bucks. And we know that didn't happen. And the Milwaukee Bucks are in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I do like both the Milwaukee Bucks and the uh, Portland Trailblazers in the NBA Finals. That's interesting right there, man. Everybody wants to see Warriors, Raptors, Kawhi, and the whole Super Warrior team and everything like that happening. But that's a pretty interesting take right there. That's pretty bold. That's a pretty bold take. Yeah, man. Listen, man. You can't follow what everybody else is doing, and uh, I'd like to see a variety of basketball in, a, in an NBA offseason where LeBron James is not in it. Let's make a sl- let's make a splash. Absolutely, and that's what makes the world great. Is we all can think different things, and it all can come together at some point. Brandon, how can the people yeah. follow you on social media, bro? Subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast for some first and foremost Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Tune in app, Stitcher app, or simply visit scoopbradio.com. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at scoopb. That's S C O O P letter B. Make sure to also subscribe or rather follow me on both uh, Snapchat and Instagram at scoop underscore b. And uh, check out my website scoopb.com. Excellent stuff, Brandon. Excellent stuff. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. On you appreciate know, I, you, Scoop. You know, I know you. Basically, just doing you're doing your thing right now, and you got a lot of things going on. But thank you for sacrificing a couple minutes of your time coming on our show. Thank you again, man. Much appreciated. Thanks, can't wait to Thanks, can't wait to see you in person, bro. Can't wait to see you in person. Yes, sir. <laughs> let's make that happen this summer after after our free agency. Let's let's grab a bite to eat. Absolutely, man. I'm down with it. You know, I'm definitely down I'm with in. it. Sounds like a plan, bro. Yes, sir. I'm in. I'll talk to you all soon. Awesome. Thank All you right, so cool, much. Cool. Thank you, Brandon. The one, the only Scoop B, Will. The one and only Brandon Robinson. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on, man. Truly, truly an awesome pleasure to have you on. John, I know you're a huge Knicks fan. We'll, go, we'll get right into it right now. 
with you, your your opinion. I know we talked about the Knicks briefly for just a little bit of time, but where do you see this Knicks team going? Because we know now they're not going to get the number one overall pick. You know that they're going to draft three. I know you mentioned before that you want to see R.J. Barrett here as a Nick. What do you see happening right now with the New York Knickerbockers? Uh, it's a very heavy question. It's a very heavy question right now because I am a huge Nick fan. Um, and you could hear it, hear it in my, my sigh. I don't know, Will. I really don't know where we're going. I want to believe that our front office is going to make changes in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Not look at our organization as a business, but a basketball team to put together a basketball team, something that our city could be proud of, you know? Um, yeah, we make, they make millions and millions of dollars, but what does it mean? If the whole city's upset, the whole city's a talking bad about right. what the Knicks are doing in the front office. When, when does the little birdie come into play and say, Hey, you guys got to give these people something to root for. Right. You know? So just being a, a diehard struggling Nick fan for as long as I can remember. My faith is strong. It always will be. But the direction that we're going to go in, um, I don't know. We haven't had a direction in 20 years. So I don't know what's going to happen this season. John, do you know, do you know what I think is one of the worst things to happen to the Knicks? Tell me. The fact that the Nets are now good. Everybody's talking about the Nets. And that they're in Brooklyn, right? And now they're in Brooklyn. They're not even in Jersey anymore. Right. So I feel like now that the Nets are good, and also the Nets are going to have two max slots, just like the the New York uh, Knicks, I think that if I'm the Knicks, I think three is not as bad as people make, make it seem because a year ago at this time, R.J. Barrett was a number one high school player in the world. Not Cam, not uh, Zion, it was R.J. Barrett. And he had a pretty good freshman season. It's just that Zion had a, you know, a season that, you know, we haven't seen in a very, very, very long time. But if the Knicks could get Barrett at three, put him at the two spot, if you get... Kyrie, you put him at the point. KD, you put him at the small forward. For the next four or five seasons, Kyrie, R.J. Barrett, and Kevin Durant, that is a pretty solid one, two, three, regardless of who the four and five are. So if the Knicks end up with that a month or two from now, I think every Knicks fan could care less (laughs) that they got uh, the first pick. John, to that, you say what? That I agree with you 100%. You know, the KD, the Kyrie talk, um, it's keeping New York relative. You know, the, 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 not getting the number one pick, like you said, eventually, it, we're not really going to talk about that too much more going into the future because we didn't get the pick. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's done with, it's over. Now it's time to move on. And like Will said, and what you said, the direction that we need to go in is the direction that you said and, that's building with KD. That's building with Kyrie and RJ Barrett. Um, whoever it may be, I'm not, um, I'm not exactly sure because I heard Ennis Cantor made a comment when we released him that the Knicks were already positive on what superstar we were going to get. And it seems to be that KD or Kyrie is the lock before KD. Would you agree with that? Well, actually, I was hearing uh, the complete uh, opposite. When you I think heard KD? That, wow. I mean, I hope you're right. I hope that's the truth. Yeah, what I heard, um, I was I was watching uh, the Stephen A. Smith show. I think it was Tuesday, and Stephen A. Smith was saying that that not only has Kevin Durant made up his mind on coming to the Knicks, he's already has placed calls to the other members of the free agent class to see who's going to come. That's what. Stephen A. Smith said, people don't like uh, a Stephen A. Smith because there's times where he's said something and it hasn't taken place, but there are but there are times that when he has said um, 
uh, something, and it did come true. If Stephen A. Smith said LeBron was joining the Lakers, not just last year, the year before that, and everybody was like, no, what are you talking about? You're crazy. He called LeBron to in L.A. in 2017. So there are some times where if he says um, something, it does um, uh, uh, come true. But here's my um, a question for you. Everybody's saying uh, Kyrie, Kyrie. John, I think that Kemba is just as good as uh, uh, Kyrie. If not He's better. from the city. If not better. And... I don't think he's that far off. I really, really don't. I think, uh, I think because Kyrie is the more popular a uh, player, people assume that he's uh, better. But if you look at the pure stats, the only stat that Kyrie has over Kemba is points per game. The free throws, Kemba. Three point, Kemba. Assists, Kemba. So to me, if I'm just looking at that. To me, if the stats say that, you know, one guy is doing this and the other guy is doing that, that would um, lead me to believe that one player is just more uh, popular than the next. It doesn't mean that he's uh, better. But to me, if you get Kevin Durant and uh, Kemba, I think you could be just as good as if you got Kyrie and uh, uh, Kaden John. That's amazing. No one even brings Kemba into the talk about New York. Nobody. And we mentioned, I went live on Instagram a couple of days ago, right after the NBA draft, Sean. And I I know you probably saw the video of it. I know John and I, we talked about it. I think Kemba Walker would be a great fit here in New York. I know we talked about Stefan Marbury and having, you know, him coming back to New York and how he was a fit. And then we all know what happened after that, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with the whole saga and everything. But I really do believe in my heart of hearts that playing almost five years or seven years, excuse me, with Michael Jordan as your owner and you only made it to the playoffs once in in Kemba Walker's career. Well, he didn't have anybody with him, really. Yeah, but but still, though, you know what I mean? There's Jordan being the owner. You have all this great expectation. Jordan doesn't. Jordan can't. He doesn't have that factor as the owner. Right. It, it, it does, it's the same thing as him being an owner for the Knicks. But but still, though, but still, there's that presence Correct. of every young player that's coming in. 100%. Jordan is the face of, face of the NBA, you know, no matter how you look at it. And the fact that the, the Hornets, they only made it to the playoffs once is kind of shocking here, but it's not in a sense, you know. But with that being said, here's a kid from the Bronx. Here's a kid that went to Rice High School, one of the powerhouses of basketball at the time when Rice was open. What, he went with UConn too, right? He won a national championship with UConn in 2011, and he wound up being a top 10 pick in the NBA draft a couple, you know, almost seven years ago at that point. The kid needs a chance. He, he, he not, does. not only does he need a chance, he needs a change of scenery. You're right. Why not come back home? Amazing Why not come point. back home? And he has that drive and that, you know, that it factor for the local New York fans to come back home and say, you know what? Hey, look, listen, we dealt with Stephon Marbury before, but this kid ain't Stephon Marbury. No, he's Kemba Walker. No way. No way. He is no Kemba way. Walker, you know? So there's that factor to it. Now, there are... And, gotcha. and guys, and another thing to keep in mind, too, if you get Kyrie, you got to give him the max. You yes. do not have to give Kemba the max to get him home. Right. So you save those extra bucks to now fill out the rest of your team. And that's why I just feel like he's the better fit because you don't have to give him the max. You save money and you can now go out and get some other guys to fill out the rest of the team. So if I'm the Knicks, John, I would draft RJ Bad at three, bringing Kemba at the point, KD at um, uh, KD had the um, uh, um, a forward spot, and I think that Mitchell Robinson is going to be a star. I think he is going to be a star. So if you have those four guys, regardless of who the rest of the team is, that is a good a starting point. Especially when this upcoming year, the East could be really, really weak. 
if right. Kawhi goes west and Kyrie goes west, you, the only team the Knicks have to really worry about is really the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. So it could be a really, really weak Eastern uh, 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 conference if those guys come. And then you look at, too, Sean, you look at everything that's going on within, you know, the Eastern Conference. Kawhi might not even be in a Toronto Raptors uniform next year. He might be out on the West Coast for all we know, you know. But for for the Knicks right now, I think this is a golden thing. And we also forget, too, that Kevin Knox is also a part of this team. Another young kid. Another young kid that come in and play hard. So the Knicks have... You know, you, you, you mentioned the roster, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. They they had Frank Nilakita, a lockdown defensive presence. Yes, he got drafted in the top 10. Yes, he's from overseas. But still, you can't teach like Sean. I've told you this a, a numerous amounts of times. The kid is 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, with a 7-foot wingspan. You cannot teach that. And he can play defense. And he's hungry. And he is hungry, he's to, hungry. to become a great player. And not only that. He handles New York. He can handle New York, which is, as a rookie, you never know if a, a, a rookie is going to be able to handle the pressures of being in this city. You're talking about no, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. Last year. Right. Frank also handles New York very well. Mm-hmm. You know, And I love that point you made about him the other day, how he's a, a young player, a team player. You did say that, right? Yes. You, I don't he's know where I player. saw you, you. You said that, but I, I remember you saying that, and it, it made perfect sense. You know, he's he's a he's a true point guard. Um, dude, did I like the pick when we got him? No, but you grow to love the guy. He's he's a likable player. Is he someone who we're going to build a team with? I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully he can uh, trans transition into uh NBA point guard, a true NBA point guard. I don't think he has the ability of Chris Paul to run the point like that. But the kid could play. You're talking about Frank. Frank Nelikita. As a point guard. I think he could be a lockdown lockdown number two. That's what I that's why I see him. You don't think he could run the one? Um you know, I don't know. I really don't well, know, to be honest with you. You know what well, I mean? Last year he ran the one, no? But for a little bit of time. A little bit? Yeah. For a little bit of time. You know, let's we'll see what happens. And think it, and um, and guys, the thing um about this here, Kyrie at the point, Barrett at the two, Katie at the three, Knox at the four, Robinson at the five. In the East, the the only team better than that starting five in the East are the Bucks. Period. End of story. Right. Because I think I have a strong feeling, guys. I think Boston is gonna not. Got their team, but I think that Danny Ainge has something up his sleeve. If he loses uh, uh, Kyrie, I don't think they're just going to come back with Tatum and Brown, uh, Horford, so on and so forth. Something tells me that uh, Danny Ainge is going to make a move or two that could make them better, but it also could make them worse. I have a question. What was it about Kyrie that left such a salty taste in Boston fans with Boston. I don't know if any Boston fans have anything good to say about the guy. That is a, a that is a, um, a very, very good point. What I think it is, is when Kyrie requested the trade, Kyrie's whole thing was he wanted to be a leader and the captain. He wanted to prove to the world that he could lead a team to a championship. What What we all forget is Cleveland beat Golden State. They were down 3-1, blah, blah, blah. The game-winning shot was made by not LeBron James. It was made by Kyrie's step-back three in Steph's face. But I think that shot alone kind of went to his head because when he went to Boston and he was finally the man, the worst thing that happened happened to him, John, was that he got hurt. Because when Kyrie got hurt, nobody thought Boston was going to come within the game of making the NBA a playoffs last year. Nobody did. With these young guys, rookies, the second-year guys, the third-year guys. In the, NBA final, in the NBA Finals, for that matter. Right. So the fact that they made it that far without him, it's almost like those guys will said, well, damn, I mean, you wanted to come and be the guy on the team. We pretty much proved that we don't need you to win. Right. So yeah. now... He can, so now he's now at healthy. 
you have to put him back in. You have to make him start. And I think because Brad uh, Stevens did not have a plan going into the year, I think that's what caused Boston to have the season that they had because you have to put Kyrie in. You got to put Gordon um, uh, Hayward in. And if you put those two guys in, that means that Brown plays less. Marcus Smart plays less. Um, um, thing, uh, uh, Tatum, he plays. Um, thing, and these are guys that brought you to the brink of getting to the the finals. That you're now looking at them in the face and saying, "Yeah, but we're paying these two guys thirty plus million, so they kind of have to play." So I think the sour taste came from guys looking at uh, Kyrie and saying, "Dude, we don't need you to win." And Kyrie kind of trying to prove that they do need him to win. Those two things butted heads, and Boston had the season uh, that they had. But what do you think, Will? Uh, I, I look at everything at a whole, and I just say to myself, you know, you brought up a very valid point, Sean. And you talk about how in Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals, he was the guy. Everybody remembers the, the block shot by LeBron over Iguodala. But right. nobody really talked, like you said, nobody brings up the point that, oh, but it was Kyrie. It was Kyrie that made the, the, the step back three in Steph Curry's face. Right. You, you know what I mean? And then you get that whole drama with with everything that was said and how he wanted to be a leader, almost like Kobe and Shaq just about, you know, with instead uh, LeBron, uh, Kyrie wound up getting traded in essence you know, but uh, there's a lot of things that ultimately happen within the course of a year. And also, too, Sean, remember, Gordon Hayward, the big free agent name that everybody was looking at. Oh, this is the next piece. He went to Butler with Brad Stevens, with the coach and everything like that as the coach. And he wound up getting hurt the first game that he played in last, last year, right. you know. So right. there's a lot and there's a lot of things. There's a lot of the kids are hungrier. They're playing at such a cheaper deal because of their rookie contract scale and everything like that. And there's that hunger and there's that mentality that they were this that close, like you said, like both of you said. They were within the brink of just a couple of minutes, guys, of making it to the finals. And, you know, for that matter, Kyrie's looking at the big picture right now. And he's been looking at it for over the course of a year, which was... Make the make the most money that you can because this might be the last time that he could get a max contract like this. So oh, it definitely right. is the last time. So he's going to be absolutely watering at the mouth. Whatever team he interviews with, whether it be the Lakers, whether it be the Knicks, whether it be the Celtics again, which it probably won't be him going back, but it, it could be it could go down to one of those two. But you know, let's we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> But we, we talked about the Knicks. Talking, to, we talked with Scoop about the New Orleans Pelicans getting that number one overall pick. The Lakers, right now, my team that I don't really have a rooting interest for anymore. But whatever, they're still my team. Um, they wound up getting the number four pick after jumping seven spots out of their projected eleven spot, and many fans looked at it and said, boy, if the Lakers get the number one overall pick, it was going to be a, uh, it was going to be almost like a fixing or a rigging of the draft lottery to get LeBron with the best player and hand the keys off to Zion. You know, that didn't really happen essentially, but for the Lakers right now, I feel like this is the perfect opportunity for them to go after Anthony Davis. Now, why do I say this after Almost three months ago, I was saying they'd be foolish to trade away everything for AD at this time. AD does not want to be in New Orleans. It's a clear fact. For New Orleans, you have probably a top five player in the league at that point in time. And you look at it and you say to yourself, boy, you know, with the with the Lakers, they they could give us Lonzo Ball. They could give us... Brandon Ingram, they could give us the number four overall pick. Maybe we could build from that. Maybe we can get another guard. And and you might have a team that was constructed almost two years ago just with Zion. It, it, you know, coming from 
coming from the Lakers with all these draft picks and everything like that, having Randall back, having uh, Lonzo back, having Brandon Ingram back, you know, it, it can happen. You know, that's the one thing that I see with the Knicks in the third pick and them trading it for uh, Anthony Davis. I, I can't see. I can't see them trading away Nilakita. I can't see it because New Orleans has more of a – they. there's more potential. God bless you. Thank you, John. You know, there's more potential for the Hornets to get back from the Lakers, I feel. Sean, what's your take on, on, on this whole scenario right now with the Lakers and what's going on here? I mean, I don't think the Lakers are going to keep the pick, but will I don't think the Pelicans are trading Anthony Davis to, to the uh, Lakers because, one, that's where he wants to go. And number two, I think they want to trade him away from the West. I mean, that's why I think a lot of people are linking him to Boston because – Boston has a Trevor, has a treasure cove of pieces that they could trade to Orleans. Plus, Boston does have two first-round picks, their own first-round pick, and then a converted pick. I think it went from Philly to Kings to them. Right. So they could throw two picks plus a Tatum, a Smart, a Brown for them. Will, but like you said, the best package out there is the package that the Lakers have because, like you said, the Lakers could throw Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, the fourth pick, and uh, and another pick or two if they had um, uh, Zubak, they could have put him too, but they traded him, which was a dumb trade, but anyway, well, I think that if the Pelicans are smart, I think you take that trade because now you add Zion with Kuzma with Ingram with Ball, well, that could be a high flying team down there. Well, but you're gonna have to face the Lakers four times a year, <laughs> and I think that's what the Pelicans do not want. But it's clear that that he doesn't want to be there, trying to convince him with, oh well, we couldn't bring in Zion. We're gonna have cap space. That's not gonna work. The guy wants out. He wants to change up. Where he lives, where he lives, so on and so forth. Well, I wish I wish Scoop would have had more time because I wanted to ask him this. Of course, me being a fan of the Brooklyn Nets, sorry, John, but me being a fan of uh, of the Nets. Well, I think the Nets have just as much attractive pieces to offer the Pelicans. Well, and right. let me know what you think of the of this. Well, right, go ahead. Nets have the 17th pick and the 27th pick. Right. That's two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. So that's the starting point. You could give them Jared and Allen. You could give them Karis LeVert. And you can give them a pickup, a sign-and-trade for D'Angelo. Or you could give them a Spencer Den Woody. You're pretty much giving them five players for one guy. Now, that is not better than Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, so on and so forth. But the caveat, Will, is you're getting him out of the West into the East. And I think Karis LeVert is going to be a star. I think Jared and Allen, he just needs to gain weight. (laughs) Once he gains weight, I think he's going to be pretty, pretty good. And then you're giving them either Dinwiddie, Russell through a sign and trade, and two first-round picks. How could you how could you be that well? I think like 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 you said, Sean, you know, there's a lot here involved, but there's also a lot of factors that need to happen. Like, for example, number one, if you're gonna trade away D'Angelo Russell, you gotta get him to sign the max deal and he's gotta agree to go to New Orleans. He's gotta Correct. agree to that. So that's that right there might might not happen in a, in a perfect world. It might. It might not. Number two, you know, Jared Allen is a great piece to have. But, again, you know, it's all about fits. It's all about having fits here and everything like that. Can he fit alongside a Julius Randle? Can can he, you know, play? Well, Randle, um, he's going to be gone because he's on a one-year Zion deal. Zion is going to be there. Right. 
I totally forgot about that, that he was on a one-year deal. But but still, right. though, you know, maybe maybe they'll sign Randall and they'll put Zion. At, they'll probably put out a small five package, you know, or maybe they'll have Randall go out there and, and play. But you're right. You never know. Does he want to go out there and play and do his thing? Who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, I really do look at this and I just say to myself, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential here, but I, I don't know about that that deal. Plus two, that number four overall pick, maybe you could swap it out. Maybe that player could, if he does well, whoever that may be, maybe you could swap it out for another couple pieces here. You know, try to build the team around instead of having the first, the the first, the seventeenth pick and the twenty seventh pick. There's a lot of things that could happen. You know, there's a lot of things that could happen. With it. The one thing you have to do, keep uh, uh, in mind, guys, the superstars of today, the Stephs, the Paul Georges, the Westbrooks, the Kawhis, these guys weren't top, the top five picks. No, no, they the weren't. Draymond Green, Draymond Green was a second round pick. Yeah. Second round. Rudy Gobert was 29. Right. That's the great thing about <laughs> Donovan, Donovan Mitchell was 14. So if you scout well, well, 17 and 27 can bring you back a lot if you uh, scout well. Because the NBA draft and the NFL draft, the NFL draft, there's depth everywhere because there's so many needs. You got the offensive line, defensive line, corner, receiver, blah, blah, blah. Right. Basketball, yeah, it's a top-heavy draft. But, Will, matter of fact, Will, a perfect example, Will, is a team that you root for. Will, two of the Two of the better players, the Lakers have now, now are Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart, right? Would you would you say that, Will? Yeah. I mean, you could plug them in from the bench, and they could absolutely perform off the bench. Absolutely. It's all about having that mindset. Both, both of those guys were end of the first round picks, Will. If that doesn't prove my point, I don't know what, um, uh, what, uh, what will. Hey, so um, now two guys that – that you now want to trade for Anthony Davis were end of the first round picks. Well, that's what I'm trying trying to say. Top ten is nice, uh, lottery is nice, but there's but there are some times where great uh, players come past those points. But also too, like I said, some play some teams they they see that top five pick and they could just try to trade it off more, you know, instead of just trying to go out there and just basically with the 17th pick and the 27th pick, that's all you got. You know, no teams are going to want to go after those. Well, some some teams are, but if you're dangling a top five pick, you know, that could basically come in and, and play now, you know, instead of having to develop somebody that wants to, the team wants to win now and everything like that. So, you know, you see what happens, you know. Right. So, Sean, I just to move and switch topics now from the draft over to the uh, NBA playoffs. We got to see a lot of things happen since last Friday, man. And and John and the uh, you know the Rockets they wound up getting eliminated. They thought that they'd be playing Game Seven and maybe even playing a Western Conference Final right now. Instead, that didn't happen. Yeah, right, right. James Harden getting to the finals, not happening. Right. Well, you know, it, it didn't happen. The Warriors made it on. And then in an epic seven-game series between the Trailblazers and the Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers wound up losing to the Denver uh, They wound up winning, excuse me. They wound up beating the Nuggets at at Denver. And right now it's one nothing Houston. Uh, one nothing. Wow, I'm losing my mind. one nothing Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. And Milwaukee wound up playing yesterday. They're up one nothing. I have a question for Shoot. both of you. Shoot. When KD got hurt, okay, yeah, and then the Rockets and James Harden are getting what was that game six? Game six, yeah. What does that say for James Harden that he couldn't get that win? Is it on James Harden? Is it his fault? Sean, I'll let you take the floor on this who, one first. Who, who's to blame on that? Because if if he's as good as people say, the dude's just not supposed to lose that game. No. Sean? That is a very, very good point, and 
my fear for James at Harden, John, is I feel like he's going to be what Charles, sorry, what Barkley is, what Reggie Miller is, and what Patrick Ewing is amongst other guys. Great point. Some yeah. of the great players to play this game that may never win a ring. If you cannot beat Golden State when KD got hurt in the third quarter of game five <laughs> and you can't beat Golden State without KD on your home floor in game six, I don't care how many points a, uh, a Steph Curry scored in the second half. How are you only up by eight and Steph Curry did not score in the first half? The Amazing. game was lost right there, guys. I Steph agree. Curry at halftime of game six had zero points. <laughs> zero. That's nuts. It's it's not only nuts, Sean, but it's also crazy to say that, you know, you look at Harden and you look at the team that's built around him and with the coach that's playing and giving him the minutes and giving him all the offense and all the free reign for it, you know, it was kind of sort of somewhat like a a, a lose-lose here in, in this certain sense. But with that being said, there's a lot of things that ultimately you got to look at here. First and foremost, the way how the roster was constructed. Sean, I know you mentioned this. They lost out on guys like Trevor Ariza. And there was another... Trevor, Trevor Ariza is not making or breaking that, that def- series. A defensive, a defensive presence, though. No, I'm sorry. And having a team game? Trevor Ariza is not, <laughs> not doing that. No, not at all. Still, though. No, still. I'm sorry. I love you, but no. <laughs> Trevor Ariza, no shot. That's right. all on James Harden. But they, but there's still, like I said, you still got to go up against five other guys. James Harden being the one guy out there, you can't expect him to go full Kobe Bryant 0506 and try to will his team to, to victory, even Whoa. though that team, even though that Laker team wound up losing in the first round to the Suns in seven games. But still, the. You know, you can't expect that. One guy, it has been proven that one guy cannot win a championship. It's always around a team. And if you lose out on key players like an Ariza, like maybe who is the other piece, Sean, that wound up uh, that they wound up losing? Um, sure, that's a good question. It was Ariza and man, I'm forgetting the, I'm forgetting the, the name the, too. The Nay? The Nay's still on the team. Yes, yes. Okay, but there yes. was another name. But regardless of the point, basketball is a team game, and when you have an offensive-minded coach that's basically going out there and trying to basically say, "Okay, the highest number wins. We we don't care about defense. Our offense is our defense." It's not going to work out. And when you get to the playoffs and you keep shooting these crazy threes, the way out of the Rockets have been doing all year long, and then you have a guy like Chris Paul coming in, that's a that's a ball-first, ball-dominating type of point guard. You know, it. you could talk about all the analytics, this, this, and that. If you don't have a, the right team built around a certain player, whether it be Harden or whether it be Chris Paul or whoever the case is or whoever the player is, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. And we all thought that Mike D'Antoni was going to win a championship in Houston. He might be on the hot seat right now because of this. So no, he's a great well, coach. He's a good coach. He is. He's no, he coach. is. There's no denying that he's – that, you know, there's no denying that he, he gets his he, he does his job. He does. He does his job. He didn't lose that game. Right. So, Sean. Well, um, well and the funny thing is, is that um, – I agree that Dan that D'Antoni is a good coach, but I think he is on the hot seat from the standpoint of the regular season. His system is tailor made to win you sixty to sixty five games. That's why Houston has won fifty plus every year that he's been there. But we all know in the playoffs, the game slows down a little bit. And the best defensive teams tend to advance. That's why you see Golden City here. Everybody says, oh, Steph and Clay, Draymond, DeMarcus Cousins, Kevin, Kevin Durant, they could score 120, 30 at ease. What a lot of people don't give Golden State the credit for is they are a very good defensive team. Clay, Clay is one of the best uh, two way guys uh, um, in the league. Eagle Dollar, the same way. Kevin Durant, same, same thing. 
And so I think, Will, and I actually have to admit to you, Will, that I think you were right because, John, Will has been saying for the longest while that D'Antoni's style of play can produce, you know, different things, but it may not produce a ring. And, Will, I think you're right from the standpoint of I still think Harden should win MVP this year. However, it's going to come to a point where he could care less about that and he may need specifically him and Chris Paul. I think those two guys need a, for lack of a better term, I think those two guys need an X's and O's coach that when the game is close and they're down by two, that the plan isn't just to go up and throw up a three. The plan is to draw a play where somebody sets a screen and they set another screen to get either Chris Paul an open shot, Harden an open shot, Gordon an open shot. So, yes, D'Antoni is a very good good coach, but I don't think he's a coach for this team because that... that well, they um, haven't gotten sorry. anywhere, right? They didn't win yet, so he's probably not. Right, and that brings me to my second point. Guys, I think we all forget Golden State won before Kevin Durant was even there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was surprised that Houston lost game six, but I wasn't really that, that surprised because That's a great point. without Kevin Durant, Golden State, they're not just fine without Kevin Durant. They need Kevin Durant. But truth be told, I don't think they need uh, Kevin Durant to, uh, to beat um, um uh, to win. the team that they're putting out with. Great point. Right. Great point. Correct. So I disagree with Scoop 100% where he's where, where, he, where he says that, oh, they need Kevin Durant. It's on the third. I think that is the complete opposite. It's Steph Curry's team, for sure. It's Steph Curry's team, right. So I don't think that they need uh, KD now. Rest him up, and whoever comes out the East, you hope and pray that KD is good now. I'm going to end the show with this here. And, you know, Sean, I know you, we've been talking about this for, for a really, really long time now. And, you know, with D'Antoni, I've always mentioned this, and I'll, I'll keep on reiterating it again and again and again for the listener. Mike D'Antoni's team has always produced great point guards. And then you go, they leave. Wherever they go, Jeremy Lin, Steve Nash, Kendall Marshall for a year, you know, whatever, whatever the case is, okay? Nate Robinson, you know, Chris Duhon for, for a year. Okay, fine. The point is, is this. When you get a guy that's going to be a shot first guard in James Harden, and he's not looking to pass the ball. Now, he did assist in double double digits, but his mindset is to go out there and to shoot first. He's not looking to pass the ball at all, anything like that. His objective is to go out there and make plays. Now, if you have that balance of like an older guy, like a Ron Harper type of player coming in into a D'Antoni style of system, then it would work with with a guy like that. But I don't necessarily know. D'Antoni now his style of play has cost them, you know, a chance of winning a championship now, you know, with regards to that, Sean, I think he's on the hot seat. I'm not denying the fact that he's a great, uh, he's not a bad coach. He is a very good coach, very good regular season coach. But now he had his opportunity last year to make it to the finals. It didn't happen this year. He probably even had a better team. It didn't happen. And that's that. It is what it is. I think the Rockets are going to blow up this uh, this this roster now, and we'll see what happens with uh, Daryl Morey and Co. But yeah, I I I I don't know. I really don't know what to expect. Sean, you have any final well, thoughts? Yeah, well, um, just my final thought on, on uh, this. Well, I completely um uh, 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 agree. Well, I think the only two untouchables are Harden and uh, CP3. I think any any and everybody else. Will get dealt, dealt, should get dealt, may get dealt. So, final, final uh, take on that. And Will, thank you for holding on the fort while I'm not there. Shout out to Scoop B. And John, thank you for coming in. We and Will appreciate it. We appreciate you. And hopefully, I get to finally meet you uh, sometime soon, Bill. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me.
I got a final. I appreciate you, man. Sean, thank you again, bro. My final thought. Sure. My final thought is this. I just want to give a quick shout out. Two shout outs. Number one, obviously to Scoop and John for coming on to the show. But tomorrow, Friday, my best one of my good friends, Vincenzo Amato, is getting married. His lovely, lovely soon soon to be wife and his love of his life, Tatiana Chakidis. Congratulations on both of you, Enzo. Thank you for having me in your wedding party as being a groomsman. It is truly awesome to say the very least. I'm very honored and proud to have that bestowed upon me. And just wanted to also give a quick shout out to my parents. It was their 31st wedding anniversary on May 14th. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to them. So that's awesome. Yeah, man. Just great. Will, Will, I thank God they made you because without <laughs> you, there is no show, pal. No. Shout out to Mama and Papa Tarucci, man. Shout out to Mom and Papa Tarucci. <laughs> Sean, but, but like I like I told you before, if always if you didn't post that that thing on Facebook or Instagram, it wouldn't happen. The show would not happen. So, just wanted to just say that. We're talking about reality now. Appreciate that, pal. Will John, take care of you guys, selves. Will, I'll speak to you soon, bro. Absolutely. For everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, for our wonderful producer Miles, Miles is. Always awesome, smiling, doing great. Graves, his dog, not here with us today. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out to Graves, the dog. Um, Also give a quick shout-out, too, to Brianna and Matt Peters. Saw Brianna earlier today. The studio's coming out great. Can't wait to be in it in a couple weeks. It's it's awesome. And for everybody here at Gotham, they always produce great content. And for Scoopy, thank you, Scoop, for coming on to the show. John Kramer. John, thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me, Will. Anytime. Anytime, man. Thank you for coming on. I'm your host, Will Trucci. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out and enjoy the rest of your day. Peace and love.